Well, on Wednesday nights now for close to a year and a half, um, we've been, we've just entitled it Real Life because I, I think that that's what we're living. I hope you're not living a fake life, you know, pretending to be something or whatever. And you need to know that, that Christianity is rubber meets the road kind of thing. And uh, thankfully, the Word of God addresses the issues of life. And as the year goes on, you know, we're, we'll continue to look at these things. I've kind of likened this whole thing in a way to um, counseling, group counseling. And so we're finding out what the Bible says for a number of reasons on these issues. First of all, to help you. How many of you need, need some help? Amen. Okay, I, uh, some of y'all, I knew that, you know, but <laughs> no, we all do. We all do. But it's not just so that we get help. It's so that we can know how to help other people. Scripture says that we comfort others with the same comfort that we ourselves have been comforted with by God. And so God comforts us. He encourages us. He helps us. And we take that and we use that to help other people as well. With that in mind, I want you to realize that if you're going through something, keep going. You know the saying, if you're going through hell, keep going. You know, we we don't want to stop on this. But realize, and, and I don't want to sound cliche here, but your test will turn into a testimony. You know, your scars can be a trophy. What you're going through right now, keep going. Watch the faithfulness of God. This is probably my biggest statement that I encourage people with so far this year is, is watch what God will do. And they go, well, pastor, what's he going to do? I don't know, but you watch what he's, watch what he's going to do based on his character, his nature, his track record. You watch what God will do. And then you're going to arrive at a place. And I want you to look forward to this place. Okay. Arrive at a place where you're going to be able to encourage somebody going through the same thing that you're going through now. And you'll be able to say, hey, I made it through and this is how I did. And this is what God did. And don't you dare let go. Because um, the enemy loves to just pound on you and say, you're the only one or yours is worse. And he's just a liar. Amen. I said, he's a liar. All right. Well, we want to get into some things. Last week, of course, we had the baptism service. And the weeks prior to that, I was talking to you about your words. And the importance of your words. I want to I continue on words tonight, but I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Part of uh, the reason, other than the Holy Spirit prompting me, was also some things I would hear from some of you. Now, not you, but some of the others that are part of our Meadowbrook family. Uh, how you would talk about your problems and situations. And, and sometimes people talk as if there's no God, no promises, no hope. And they're believers. And that tells me they've lost their Bible or their mind, okay? And or lost control of your, of your words. And we never use our own mouth to speak against our own hope. And uh, this is good news. I said this is good news. So we've spent some time on that. I do encourage you to go back and look at some of those things. But uh, let me kind of pick up where we were. And we're going to go into some new territory tonight also concerning our words. Uh, but let's, let's look at this in James chapter three, verse five in the message Bible is as a word out of your mouth, go ahead and say my mouth, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark. Remember to set off a forest fire. And then in Proverbs 18, verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Do you, do you really believe that? You sure that's not just filler for scripture? We need something for verse 21. 
No, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Think about that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And you prove it all the time. How many of you know that you can minister death, so to speak? And, and death is also, you know, any form of destruction or ruin or whatever. Uh, how many of you have ever killed the moment with your words? I'm waiting. Okay, 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 there you are. Uh, you know, there's some people you just do not want to come to your birthday party. You know, because they're words. But also words give life. I want you to think back to that coach, that teacher, that, that neighbor, that friend who told you you could do it. You're awesome, helped you out. You look good in brown. My, what nice eyes you have. Love your laugh. Man, you're fast. Whatever it would be, those things that are said to you, you remember those things. You do. And it's because somebody ministered life to you. So it's very important. And it's so important and so powerful. We cannot ignore it. We cannot dismiss it. Now, here's where I want to go. We have the power of words. We have the privilege of words. And we also have the responsibility of words. Everybody say responsibility of words. You know, and I know parrots talk and dolphins talk and all that stuff, but we talk, okay? We're the ones who've been given truly the power of, of words. And this is a responsibility, and Jesus said, um, you're going to be held accountable for your words. And I don't think that's just in the end. I think, you know, as we go along, we realize, wow, I was the one who blew that. I was the one who made that that go crazy. Uh and our words are super important. I want you to know you have a responsibility concerning your words. I believe this too, that the quality of your life and your success in relationships is largely connected to your ability to use words right. Quality of your life and your success in relationships has a whole lot to do with your, with your words. You know, I don't find people, you know, in any kind of management or uh, thriving, succeeding that are negative. You just don't, you just don't find, I was watching a show the other night, I think it's Southwest Airlines, uh, on the fly or something like that, and it's just reality, showing people flying, their luggage gets lost, they get bumped from a flight, they're mad, all those things, and how the flight uh, crew and and the ground crew, they all work together to help them. And you know what? These are can-do people. They're saying, they're saying uh, positive things. They're not just negative, griping, getting caught in the negativity of everything else. And, and I, just, I just think that we as believers should have a good handle on our words. Y'all with me so far? Okay. Uh, it's a vital skill, our words. It affects your family. Your words affect your family. Your words affect your workplace. Uh, your words affect when you go shopping. Your words affect all kinds of things. And let's go ahead and look here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible. It says, Let no foul or polluting language nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk, ever, say it with me, ever, ever. 
That always sticks out for me there. Ever come out of your mouth. So let's stop just for a moment. We'll continue on the verse for a moment. So it says ever. So if it says don't let something ever, what's another way to say that? Never. Never should there be in our mouth foul, polluting language, evil words, unwholesome, or worthless talk. I told you you'd get mad at me. But, everybody say but. But only, let's look at the only list. Only such speech as is good and beneficial, watch this, to the spiritual progress of others. Our words are to help others along spiritually. As is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. That's pretty powerful. That's so powerful. I'm going to read it again. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. But... Only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace God's favor to those who hear it. Well, there it is right there in the word of God. Okay. Now, Scripture, so that represents God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Scripture and your pastor... And your mama (laughs) forbid some certain types of communication. And from time to time we come around and we talk about these things because these have to be um, addressed in our life. And so we're going to look at uh, a number of types, ways that we would communicate that are actually by scripture forbidden. These should not be taking place in our lives. Okay. I think I've got your attention here. Now, I'm going to make a statement. I'll make this statement several times tonight. You need to get this statement. It applies to this. It applies to other things as well. What God does not like, God does not bless. What God does not like, God does not bless. Say this with me. What God does not like, God does not bless. Okay? Time out. View in on our lives real quick. What God does not like, God does not bless. Could it be possible that you and I have actually blocked blessing out of our life? Well, let me go ahead and tell you the truth. Absolutely. We accuse God. We want to blame other people, other things. We want to blame Congress. We, all kinds of things. We, we want to blame other people or we, uh, we're dumbfounded. Why is this not blessed? Why is this not doing better? Why is this? And I'm going to tell you, and this is just one of the ways or words that we actually block some blessings because what God does not like, God does not bless. He would be untrue to himself. He would violate his own integrity, nature, character. He would no longer be true. If he blessed something that he opposed. Are you hearing me? So what God does not like, God does not bless. So I'm going to share with you a couple things tonight that God does not like. So 
If God does not like it, guess who else does not like it? We don't. God don't like it. I don't like it either. And if God doesn't like it, we're not going to do it. Okay. First one. You ready for this? Gossip. Huh? Gossip. Gossip is to spread rumors, hearsay. It's idle and fruitless tales. And usually it has to do with something personal and private about somebody. And uh, typically it's not positive. Uh, If somebody's whispering something about another person, one of my favorite comedians, and he's actually clean, his name is Brian Regan, and he's hilarious, but he, he says that whispering was not made for compliments. So if, you know, if somebody's walking by and two people, it wasn't like, they're so wonderful. Because after all, we wouldn't want them to hear that we said something so nice about them, would they? So gossip. And it usually, and, and we live in a culture that is obsessed. Maybe it's not labeled this way, but we're obsessed with gossip. We, People Magazine, Us Magazine, all, all this inquiring minds want to know. And they don't know, so they make up stuff. And, and, and what they do know is, I don't want to know. And usually it has to do with something personal, private about somebody. It's got to be juicy. Well, that's in our culture on the Hollywood level and on the, you know, uh, magazines and stuff. And we've got to be careful because then we, we're wanting to know about our neighbor. Or this or that or them at work or uh, this person. Did you hear? Did you hear? And usually when somebody comes up to you, did you hear? You need to, I hope this goes off on the inside. What God does not like, God does not bless. And then you just need to act like, uh, you need to change the subject. That's what you need to do. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13, it says, And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought to. Not So there's two problems here. The people, and, and I'm, I'm going to lift it out of context a little bit, but I'm going to tell you the context, okay? It was, uh, it was widows, young and old. And instead of encouraging one another, they, became, they learned to be idle and to run back and forth talking about stuff and all. And so I know that a lot of people say that women are gossips. Some of the worst gossips I know grow beards, okay? So, uh, and and by that I mean men, okay. Um, Let's let's keep going. Because I don't want to block any blessings here. So, the the first problem is this, is they learn to be idle. They learn to be idle. We're actually wired to be productive. And they learned to be idle, and then they became busybodies and gossips. And the result of that is then you say things that you ought not to say. 
And so it's very important that we just get this out because this will block blessings in our life. Um, In Proverbs 6, it talks about seven things that God hates. And one of them is sowing discord. And I promise you that if others knew what the gossip said, it would create discord. And just think of it this way. You would not want anyone to gossip about you. Well, let me try it again. You would not want anybody to gossip about you. Because here's what happens. Gossip, um, not only does it spread, but it grows. The story changes. It doesn't sound as sensational as it did when I first heard it. So let me embellish it. And it's destructive. And let me just go ahead and say this. God does not like it. Matter of fact, he hates it. And what God does not like, God does not bless So let me just throw this out to you. And I hope it's not you. I truly do. I hope it's not you. If you gossip, I promise you some blessings are being blocked in your life somewhere. And so it is just, and we're going to pray a prayer when we close service tonight. uh, That we're just going to repent of this. And sometimes, well, I didn't think I was being a gossip. Now I realize I was actually gossiping about that. Or you say, well, I don't usually gossip. Well, that's like saying I don't, you know, usually whatever. I don't usually eat okra, you know, but it's it's gross whenever you eat it. That's my point. (laughs) Right. Second thing. Murmur. Everybody say murmur. It's one of the few words that... uh, it actually defines itself when you hear it. It's pronounced like what it is. Murmur, 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 murmur. It means to complain, to grumble, to be obstinate or stubborn. In the Greek, it means to mutter. Watch this. To mutter, to mumble, to grumble, to say anything in a low tone, and to groan. Jesus uh, said, do not murmur, watch this, among yourselves. Because what it is, it's this. It's complaining to others. It's complaining to others. So you might have a complaint, but what a murmur is, is you start to spread the poison. You start to murmur. You know, when they were uh, walking around the walls of Jericho, um, Joshua instructed them, don't say a word and don't let a noise come out of your mouth. Because what they were being asked to do was beyond what they could believe. And that they were going to knock down this walled city with a shout. How is this going to happen? How are we going to pull this thing down? And he said, because he didn't want unbelief. He didn't want anybody in the ranks. Of, you know, when they walk around the wall, which they did for seven days, they didn't want people to go, huh, mm, yeah. And you know what that is? That's murmur. And if one person does that, what does that do? It potentially impacts another person. The other person, yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. And before you know it, you've got murmuring going on. And this can happen in a home. This can happen in your place of work. It can happen all over the place. God forbid it would even happen in a church. And so what we want to do is get it out of our lives. Don't let it be a part of us because we actually spread poison. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it lists some reasons why many of the children of Israel did not make it into the promised land. And one of them, you ready for this? Murmuring complaining because you know what God essentially said don't bring that in here don't bring that in here 
And so many died in the wilderness rather than enter the promised land because of murmuring. James chapter 5. You still out there? James chapter 5, verse 9 in the message. It says, friends, don't complain about each other. A far greater complaint could be lodged against you, you know. The judge is standing just around the corner. So keeping on with the same idea, Philippians 2, uh, 14 says this. Do all things without complaining. Do all things without complaining. We've been moving some furniture around in the house and doing some spring cleaning. It's all I can do to not complain. (laughs) To not murmur. And, you know, we're going through some stuff the other day. And Alicia's not here tonight. She had gone out of town with my daughters. And uh, she's sorting through things. And she goes, now, keep that. I'm going, okay. And then something else I thought, based on that, well, then we should keep that. No, get rid of that. (laughs) What are we doing with that? Oh, we're going to give that away. We're going to do with this. Oh, I forgot we had that. Let's put this over here. So after a while, I said something. Here's what I said. I said, I don't know the rules. I probably shouldn't have done that. And listen to me. You're not under obligation just because you think something that you have to say it. That was reinforced again the other day. I should have, with a smile on my face, just thought, I don't know the rules, but hopefully I'll learn them today. But we have to be careful, you know, because do all things without complaining. Do all things without complaining. Not everything is convenient for us. Not everything is what we want to do at the moment. But we've got to realize that complaining and murmuring cannot be a part of our life. And please hear this. If you get a complaint in your heart, you're upset about something, make sure that you don't spread that to others. Can you imagine what would happen in our military? Can you imagine what would happen in a surgery room? You know, unity is a beautiful, beautiful, powerful thing. God blesses that because God likes that. God loves that. But what God does not like, God does not bless and you, need, you maybe need to be careful that you're not a complainer, that you don't murmur. And that can happen. How many of you know you can murmur at the gas pumps? Yes. And you can murmur at the grocery store. Is there something to complain about? Yeah. But God, God is bigger than what we have complaints about. Here's what you do with your complaints. Take them upstairs. The, psalm, the psalmist said this, I poured out my complaint before the Lord. I poured out my complaint before the Lord. You, you struggle with something, pour it out before the Lord. Now, I do believe there's a proper way, you know, uh, you buy something at a store and it's broken or it's rotten or whatever. I think there's a proper way to come back and make a complaint, so to speak. But don't be a complainer. Don't come in and get all personal with them and I'll tell you what, mm, you know. <laughs> then they'll be calling security. All right. And then the last one that we're going to look at tonight. Judge. Judging. And I got to tell you, this one is a big one to God. 
And scripture has a lot to say about judging. Mostly it says, don't. Uh, Let's be honest though. Aren't we really good at it? Aren't we quick? Can't we just size up people in a situation in no time? I mean, people that we don't even know have never met. We can make judgment about their character in traffic and label them. That guy is an idiot. A stinking idiot. We weren't even close enough to smell him. We've never had words with him. But yet we can do that. And you know, we have to, we have to be careful. We see people on TV. We see people with, you know, all kinds of opinions about all kinds of things. And we have to be careful that we do not judge. And here's the main reason why. And we'll look at some scripture here in a moment. Number one, because there's only one judge. Number two is because none of us are qualified to judge. And number three, as soon as we enter into the arena of being a judged, we get judged. And so never, everybody say never, never judge, never judge. So let's, let's look at some things here. Now, you have to make judgments. You have to make judgments. You have to, for your own safety, uh, I'm not going to leave my children there. We're not going to go there. I'm not going to eat this. You know, you have to make some judgments about things. Uh, This feels creepy. Let's get out of here. Not church, but. You know, one time, one time my wife and I went, uh, just her and I, we went away and we went to stay at this place and it was like a rental kind of thing by a beach and. And we got there and it was just, we met the people who owned it and it's like, her name was Morticia or something like that. And it was just, it just like, we just felt creepy and everything. And so finally I just went and told him, I said, you know what? I know we reserved this and all that, but we're out of here, you know, and took off. I, we just felt something's not right here and we're just, we're just not staying. And you have to make judgments. All the time you have to make judgments, but I'm talking about judging people. And I'm going to tell you that just like you, people have issues and people have problems and people act out in certain ways. And it's quick for us to judge. And I I think you have to have an opinion about things. I think you have to have some standards and convictions about things. You better know where you stand. You need to have a biblical worldview. Don't water that down and say, I have a Christian worldview. That's kind of hard to nail down. You need to have a biblical worldview. You need to look at things through the lens of Scripture. I don't care whatever else the world is saying. You need to have convictions about things. But when we're talking about people, we need to be careful that we do not live our life judging other people. Okay, I'll read some Scripture then. Matthew 7. Verse 1 through 5, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Well, I'm I'm good. How about you? And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye? 
when you can't see past the log in your own eye. Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. In Luke 6, verse 37, Jesus said, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Then in Romans, watch this one. Chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Therefore, you are inexcusable. That means you're without excuse, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. Do you see that? For whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. As soon as you judge someone else, you condemn yourself. Uh, I'll come back to that in just a moment here. For you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of, of God leads you to repentance? Romans 14, verse 4, and then verse 10 through 13. Uh, who are you? What's, you know, another way to say that, who do you think you are? Who are you to judge another's servants? And, I, and I'm going to stop just for a moment. We'll, we'll read on in a moment. You know, you've heard the old thing about don't judge another man till you walk a mile in his shoes. Sometimes we see some people and they look pretty worn and they're acting out in certain ways. And here's the thing. Please, please hear the compassion side of this. You don't know their story. You don't know their story. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what you would be like if you'd been through what they've been through. And so instead of being so quick to say, well, look at them. Why do they do that? Look how they act. Look the way they dress. Look what they've done. Instead of judging, you don't know their story. And I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I wasn't at my best. And I sure didn't want anybody judging me at those moments. And I think we've got to turn on the love of God, the heart of God, and realize that all behavior is need motivated. Did you hear that? All behavior is need motivated. I tell you, they act out, they're this. Why do they, though? I'm not excusing what they do. But why do they? Let's make sure that we don't get ourselves in the role of judge. We're just casting judgment on other people and, and being so strong about that. Who are you? In other words, who do you think you are to judge another servant? To his own master, he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand for God is able to make him stand. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we, are, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, get this, each of us, say that's me, each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. Let us not judge one another anymore. But rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall in our brother's way. And then finally, in, in uh, James four eleven and 12, it says, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. 
But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver, capital L, who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you? Who are you to judge another? Who do we think we are to judge another? But you know what? We're good at it. Come on, we're good at it. But God doesn't like it. And what God doesn't like, God doesn't bless. And I'm going over this, I'm studying this, and you know how we are when we read Scripture. We always exempt ourselves from the bad things. Well, thank God I'm not that. And if you listen for a little bit, the Holy Spirit is saying, really? And really, I faced, I faced this this afternoon in a time of prayer and, and going over my notes. Uh, not the final time, but going over them again, I realized, wow. Wow. And we're quick to judge and we're quick to, you know, it's like the Pharisee and the tax collector. Do you remember that one? Lord, I thank you that I do this and I do this and I do this. And thank you, I'm not like that. And the tax collector beat his own chest and he said, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And Jesus said, which one of those guys do you think went out of that place justified? And we know the answer. And you know what? I just, before the Lord, I said, God, I'm so sorry. And I realized I judge people and I judge churches and I judge preachers. If you're in a business, you judge people in the other business. If you work at Walgreens, you're judging CVS. If you work at Home Depot, you're judging Lowe's. You know? And if you do your lawn, you're judging somebody else's lawn. And usually it's right after you do your lawn. You drive past their lawn. Man, I wish they'd do something with their lawn. (laughs) People should take care of their stuff. You hadn't washed your car in six months, but you just did. Now, people with those dirty cars, you know? And if it weren't for the grace of God and the help of God, there go we all. I just want to be pleasing to God. I just want us, his people, to be pleasing to God. We're in a culture that loves these things. We've been trained. We're good at it. But let's really bring it down to this. What God does not like, God does not bless. And I firmly believe this. That if we gossip, if we murmur, if we judge, we're actually blocking blessing from our life.